Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me to help describe all things Tour de Bretagne. Uh, fuck, I really, I'm screwing my French up. I'm so sorry. Uh, and Touring and Rundfahrt. That's me not even trying with German. Is our dear friend, everyone's dear friend, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello, and um, for anyone who's listening for the first for the first time, this is a sweary blog about pro cycling. <laughs> What's happened to make you paranoid about that all of a sudden? I mean, it's in oh. the name of the podcast, it's in the description of the podcast, it's in the, in the description of the blog. It's like we're pretty fucking op- open and upfront about the fact that uh, if you've got kids, you you may be causing an accident trying to turn the volume down right now. To be fair, you did actually get the, the the first swear in much. You know that was that that won some kind of prize. Are you bullshit? I can't. Po- that can't possibly be the earliest I've ever sworn in a podcast. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, everyone, tune in next week when we open with fucking g'day. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like in the Australian phrase <laughs> Yeah, um, it's particularly in, in the uh, the Japanese to Australian English translation for tourists. So, yeah, very important when you're getting around, uh, seeing the sights, needing help getting a photo. So, yeah. Fucking g'day, mate. Could you take a photo of me in this koala? Oh, mate, you don't want that. That's an attack koala. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, there's two. There's two kinds of koalas. There's attack koalas and dead koalas. So I was going to say, don't they give you chlamydia? Ah, uh, well, you got to buy them a drink first. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as you can tell, Dan and I. I think Dan's in some kind of massive Tour de France sleep deprivation, and I'm just grumpy. <laughs> So it's essentially the same as any other week, except there's some kind of distracting bullshit men's race on that no one cares about. So here we are. Yeah. Hello. But oh my God, how much cycling. Fuck, I can't cope. I actually, I mean, this is part of my problem is I was looking on the calendar and yeah, this is one of those things that whenever um, the, at some stage I am going to do my analysis of the difference between what Pat McQuaid and what Brian Cookson say. But this week, we've got Turingen Rundfahrt, my favourite race, the Tour Feminin en Limousin, the under-23 European and Junior Championships, and we've got Cascade Classic in America. Crazy stuff. I mean, you know, and, and we've just come off the back of the, the Giro Rosa, which is, you know, the biggest stage race of the year. So it, it's... Yeah. No rest for the wicked or the women, as it turns out, because we all know it's a biological fact that women can't be wicked. So, oh, can't we? Well, not if the Texas Republican Party has anything to say about it. God damn it! <laughs> I thought but that was just the, like this... motorbikes and stuff like that. <laughs> but this isn't a politics podcast, so <laughs> let's just take a huge step to the side right now before I get us into any more trouble. <laughs> Or do you think we've reached that point where it's impossible for me to get us in any more trouble and we might as well yeah. just go for well, it? <laughs> shall we just go for what we were going to talk about, which is what yeah, we let's, let's, let's stick to Yeah, let's talk some, about races first. Let's stick to women's cycling, eh? <laughs> Holy shit. So we have had last week the races. There was the Tour de Bretagne in France, uh, in Brittany. Very um, 
Yeah. And it's nice, actually, because that's it's straight up what I do like about this time of year. I mean, I do slightly wonder why so many races are allowed to cluster up against each other when they've got so many times of the year where there are no races at all. But there is an upside. Well, and that is the, you yeah. know, that, that's probably something to do with the fact that, oh, no, wait, the UCI does manage the calendar. So they say, um, OK, cool. Right. Moving on. Yeah. Mm. So um, mm. yeah, I, I mean, it's it interest. It does interest me though, looking at the, you know, looking at the the the, the, the looking at the calendar at this time of year because, but it's good though because it does mean that you've got riders who can, you know, races that aren't basically going to be won by one of the big teams. Mm. And you know that's cute. I like that. I mean, you know, it is so the same- cute. <laughs> Sorry, I, cute's just, it, it's one of those things that in my, in my I don't know, paranoid guy brain, like that just always triggers warning bells, because it's like, it's one of those words that if I say, I think comes out sounding wildly different and far more sort of pat on the head, patronising kind of things oh, than when you say Is this it. because girls call you cute? I have never, ever in my life been called anything better than cute by a girl. God, it's so depressing. Uh, oh. What, what, oh, what well, and adorable, maybe. Oh, and <laughs> and sweet. And, oh, you're so nice. You're just like the brother I never had. Fucking hell. Anyway, <laughs> racing. If you use the words, I, I, it's terrible, nice guys never get anywhere, I will officially cancel the podcast. <laughs> I'm not pretending I'm a nice guy. I've never made that claim. <laughs> I'm very self-aware, thank you. So number twenty-two in the Dan and Sarah mocking mock dance mock life podcast. <laughs> we, we're going to really struggle for content when I do actually develop a love life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm hoping Dan that if you ever if you ever find someone who'll go out with you, that she wants to be on the podcast too. Fuck no! Oh God, no, no, oh. That's that's the point at which I ninja vanish. I just, you know, we're in the middle of the podcast one day, I drop a smoke bomb and disappear, never to be seen or heard from again. <laughs> anyway, the tilt of a time. So what I was trying to say before, I, I didn't mean cute like that. Sorry, I'm I'm suffering. I'm suffering, people. It's that British problem. If I'm not complaining about the wind and the rain and the cold and the snow and the rain and the cold and the misery and the grey, I'm complaining that it's too hot and my brain's falling out. <laughs> But on with the racing. So yeah, so no, I, I like the fact that there are races that mean that you know that mean different level of riders can enter, you know can can enter them. And I don't mean those races like the ones in the early season one in Czech, where if it's not uh, if it's not Rabobank winning every stage, it's Specialized winning every stage. Because <laughs> this week we've got uh, Turingen Runfart, which is just a lovely, 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 lovely race. Um, a proper seven-stage seven race in East Germany. But we've also got Limousin, which is four stages, and it means that there's no... It means that you don't... You don't it means that there's other riders can get a chance, basically, and, you know, and, and riders who can who can have a really good chance and hopefully get picked up by big teams next year. So, you know, so when I look, although they do have Lotto Bellasol, I hope that Lotto Bellasol stomp all over the Tour Feminine Limousin. And yeah, it's nice. (laughs) Uh, Just the stomp, stomp, stomp. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so in Limousin, the big teams, there's Lotto, um, 
and then there's uh, Top Girls Fasa Bortolo, um, who always have you know riders. Well, we saw um, we saw uh, Francesca Cows in the win the best young rider jersey in the Giro. Mm. Uh, they've got Farron Let's Go Finland. Um, Farron Let's Go Finland. There's a now called Farron Kuota, which is very depressing. Oh. And Rosbo. Where'd Finland then, go? Um, I don't know. Well, oh, well, apparently someone told them Let's Go Finland too many times, and they went. So. I've got to say, it's um, Farron. Let's go, Farron. I I've always wondered about that. Yeah, you know, like some teams are great places for giving people a second chance after they come back from doping bans and stuff. I so badly want to say something really smartassy here, but I'm blanking. Help me, help me, Sarah. <laughs> oh, you are in a bad way. Oh God. <laughs> Anyway, so Limousin, um, and so, but it's going to be a great, it's going to be a nice, it's a nice little race, but then mm. Turingen, and I, I went to, I mean, I know I say this every week, but I went to Turingen in 2011, the adorable Steph Wyman and his fantastic team, um, Horizon, which are now Matrix Fitness Racing Academy, took me, and it's, it was so nice, it was just, oh, even the terrible, terrible weather, and standing around getting soaked, but East German people are so friendly and lovely, and the race is amazing, and it's hilly, and it's hard, and it's seven stages long, and there's beer on the podium, and mm. yeah, it's great. I am feeling slightly sorry for high-tech. In, in particular because of, um, uh, oh, fuck, good God, ever since we stopped editing, I, I've just become even worse. Uh, what's her name? Getting the flat tire in the stage. Is that what you're talking about? No. No? Well, you know, High Tech have had, high tech have had some problems. I know they've had um, a, a run of bad luck, but I wasn't sure if we were referring to that or if we were referring to race-specific bad luck. Well, they've had race-specific bad luck, but also, because quite a lot of their riders are young, they're going to be in the European Championships this weekend. So Rossella Ratto is a really good, you know, is, is going to be like a really good rider in the Euros this weekend, so she's not there. But they started off with only four riders, um, Amelia Forleen, uh, Cecily Johansson, Rach Nalen, and Siri Minja, Minga. Um, but Siri and Carl Lima were in a car accident on the way to Britannia, and, it's, and Siri's still not riding. Oh, oh, wow. I hadn't caught that. Jesus. Yeah, they were in a car accident. It was, it was you know, I and mean, luckily they weren't hurt. Their yeah. bikes were hurt. But yeah, I think someone basically plowed into the back of them. So yeah. Oh, that's um, terrible. Get well soon, Carl. Yeah. Get well soon, well, well soon Siri. Mm, mm. Yes, I, I mean, I guess that explains though. She's probably been very distracted answering all those questions for people on their iPhones. So, no, not no. Okay, fine. Maybe I don't I'll... know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't worry. There's like four iPhone owners in the in the world who listen to this podcast who are all sort of groaning, going, "That was a terrible joke." So, <laughs> like, is this one of those ones okay. where you, you probably? You probably shouldn't listen to it. Yes, um, anyway, we're all bouncing all over the place. Should we just get back and tell people what happened in Britannia, in Brittany? Please, save me from myself. So, Britannia, it was very interesting, because when you look at the results, the first stage was a bunch sprint of about 11 people, uh, 11 riders, and it was won by Oksana Kuzonchuk. And then stages three and four were basically big bunch sprint finishers, won by Katarzyna Palowska and Roxanne Fournier. And so the only the stage that seemed to have made a really big difference on GC, apart from the first one, was the 12, 12.4-kilometre ITT on stage two, won by Vera Kuaduda. Now, our winner, Audrey Cordon, 
happened to be in that bunch of about 11 and was the best one out of that bunch of about 11 in the ITT and was it up in the sprint finish so won the whole race uh, but it's a very nice Bastille Day thing because stage four Bastille Day mm. you know um, it's kind of weird isn't it though that it, it is like that kind of consistent performance you know like didn't yeah. didn't stomp all over the competition and, and dominate the race in, in terms of you know blowing everyone away but being in the right place at the right time across multiple stages exactly yeah mm. so she didn't win the stage but she won the race so yeah so that's what happened in Britannia um Turingen Turingen started on Monday oh, I want to be in Turingen Dan it was so nice people were so nice to me and on the last day I sat in a cobbled square with this amazing architecture all around me and I ate German cakes that only cost one euro and I drank German beer which was amazing and the sun was out and people were so nice to me and the world was a happier place back then. Mm, simpler too but you had to walk 45 miles in the snow uphill to school each way so you know. It... School? Luxury. <laughs> we were feeding the pigs and thought we were lucky. Pigs? You had pigs? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd have killed for a pig. We had to eat our youngest kid. <laughs> <laughs> My dad really did one day tell me about how when he was a kiddie, because his dad had died down a coal mine when he was but a lad in his Yorkshire village, how he went on a scout camping trip and his mother made him a sleeping bag by sewing two flower sacks together. But he knew his mother loved him because other kids were sleeping in coal sacks. <laughs> <laughs> And we just like died of laughter and, and oh. mocked and and made made Yorkshireman jokes all the way. Oh god, that's terrible. Because we were evil little fuckers, me and my siblings. Yeah, see, it's not me, people. I'm not the evil one on this podcast. But so far, you've told me that women can't be evil. Uh, I said can't be wicked. Didn't say couldn't be evil. I've read Macbeth. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and oh, Hamlet. Would you say evil? I don't think she was. Hamlet's the woman. Like... <laughs> God, nearly got oh, nearly got that one past you. <laughs> We're so messed up. It's terrible. I think between us, we should just. I did. I did suggest we didn't cast at all, but Dan thought we'd go ahead. So in Turingen, um, it's Emma Johansson is really, really on the go for this. And as you know, Emma didn't race the race, um, the Giro, Giro Rosa. Rosa. Yeah. She yeah. raced, um, you know, she 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 raced the she she, 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 she had that week much off. Everything so. before it, and um, you know, it's been on on strikingly hot form most of the season. Uh, so you know, I for one was pretty surprised that she wasn't racing the Giro, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously that means she's turned up to touring and, and is even more, um, you know, she's rested and, and determined to continue her winning ways, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Um, um, Emma won Turingen in 2011 when I went. Did I tell you I went to Turingen? No, really? really? No, So you were in East Germany once. I know. And they, they let you back out. East Germany, <laughs> we need to talk. You you do know East Germany is just Germany these days, and it's like a proper democratic country and everything. It's half of Germany. It's like this. It's not just. It's not like the other one changed its name. They they merged. <laughs> I, 
think I'm amazed you know that much. Anyway, last year, it was Judith Arndt in first place, Trixie Warwick in second place, and, and Johansson in third. And Judith had basically been, Judith and Trixie have been all over the podium for this race, you know, German riders in a German race. So the question is, can Emma keep this race mm. after well, stage, and stage one, one the you know the time gaps were minuscule so yeah stage yeah. one was an uphill uphill sprint um and it was won by Johansson ahead of Lizzie Armistead who also wasn't at the Giro and Annemiek van Vlerten who had to leave the Giro to attend her grandmother's funeral oh I'm so sorry for you and your family Annemiek I yeah and Ellen van Dyke in fourth Mm. Um, and then, yeah, basically everyone else at like tiny second distance. Although there was a, like a group of 53 and after a group of 53, um, uh, it was like, there's like one minute group, two, two, two minute groups, six minute groups and 13 minute groups. So yeah. Oh, wow. okay. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's, yeah, it's not quite getting to the hills yet. Mm. And then on stage two, which was yesterday. yesterday. Yesterday, when all your troubles seemed so far away. Oh, good God. No, I was at the peak of my troubles yesterday. Let's not think about that. Um, <clears throat> but yes, yesterday, there was um, a bunch sprint. There was a breakaway for ages, like nearly, um, like they lost track. I was following on Twitter and they lost track of what had happened with the break with about 7K to go. And so for quite a while, we weren't sure whether the break had held on or whether they'd been caught. And, uh, and it turned out that caught they were. And so, yes, Bunch Sprint. Bunch Sprint won by Carmen Small of Specialised Lululemon, Marta Tagliaferro in second, Emmy Hansen in third, Annemiek van Vlerten in fourth. So, basically, where we're sitting and where we, where, we, where, we where we are in the GC at the moment is... Sorry about this, because we don't edit anymore. I have to do clickety-clickety. <laughs> click, click, click. Well, we've got... <laughs> We've got Emma with um, 10 seconds on Annemiek. Yeah. And uh, Lizzie Armitstead sitting in third at 16 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then Elena... Oh, you're going to have to help me with Annie her. Annie Lusik. Lusik? Okay. Yeah. And then Anna van der Breggen rounding up the, the yeah. top five. But this is... They haven't hit the hilly stages yet. So today, I think, is quite hilly. Mm. Then they've got an ITT of 21 kilometres. And Altenburg is 100 kilometres races. And, yeah, and they've basically yep. got a big queen stage. My favourite one is they've got a hill that's named after Hanka Kupfenagel. Because Hanka Kup... I mean, one of the reasons that riders love this race is that it's very, very, very good to them. And the reason it's very good to them is that the head of the organising committee, Vera Holfeld, is an ex-rider herself. So she set up this race just like knowing exactly what to, you know exactly what she'd like. All the pelotons stay in one hotel for the whole week, which is you know which is you know common for the common for the women, but it's a very good hotel, and everything kind of runs really smooth. You know, very German precision, uh, efficient, smooth, lovely, lovely, lovely running. The stages are really nice. They always have a lot of crowds out because the, I've said this before, but the stages start and finish in the same towns, and they tend to go through the same towns in the middle as well if they can. Cool. So they get a lot of people out on the streets to cheer them, and you know, lots of stuff for people to do. It's nice festival atmosphere. So it, it's just yeah. a fun. That's awesome. A, oh, yeah. wait, I have to admit, every time that you tell me about you know one of these races that's basically been organised and put together by a former rider. I always picture in my head them sort of driving around plotting, you know, the course 
and just cackling maniacally as they find the like the not just the biggest hill in the area but like the worst way up it and stuff and just like I'm a sprinter but fuck it you bastards I don't have to ride this ever again ha 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 and, and well, stuff like they have that, a, so. they have a they have a hill because so and Hanka Kupfernagel, if you don't know about Kupfernagel, she's, well, she was Mariana Voss before Mariana Voss was even thought of. She's a former world road, ITT, cyclocross track champion. She's, she's really, really spectacular rider. And, you know, she's in her late thirties, if not her forties now. And she's, and so she's, um, but she is a very local girl. She comes from one of the towns, and one of the ta- one of the hills is called the Hankerberg, and the Hanker <laughs> Fan Club always turn up for it. Um, they have lost their main sponsor. Uh, one of their big sponsors last year was the Altenburg Brewery, and I'm really, really disappointed that we don't have the because the Altenburg Brewery brewed a very, very specific, thick, rich, heavy German beer, mm. but they still have Just beer like on the German podium. Women. I mean. Um awesome um, i i think you should possibly I, I think you should change your mind about editing and stuff. <laughs> well now that you've said that i have to leave it in <laughs> but they still have beer on the podium and um emma johansson says that the reason that she she won't drink the beer because she said the reason that she was um she won't drink the beer is i think it was 2010 she was leading 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 and she hadn't drunk any of the beer and then on the penultimate stage she drank the beer and was violently ill overnight and lost you know lost the lost the gc the next day so they have lots of so you know they'll take a sip and they'll hand it down to someone in the crowd unless you're hardcore ju- dutch or german where you just neck it yeah like, if you're asking yourself, what would Ina do? It's set a world record for sculling that. Well, what, what, or what you did, which oh, yeah, was yeah. Uh, where you did basically, we'll, we'll take it, we'll drink her, you know, on, on, on the last day, we'll not only drink her beer, but we'll drink everyone else's as well. <laughs> Quick, before the DS takes them away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and you know you have riders like Trixie Warwick who are completely unaverse to drinking their beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this race. I love this race. We should. That's what we should do. Instead of our Thelma and Louise trip to um, just instead of Thelma and Louising across America, right? You should come over to um, Europe, and we could do the Giro Rosa. Um, you could drive. We could do the Giro Rosa, and then we could have our week off. And in that week, drive from Italy to Germany, do some sightseeing, see some crits, and then go to Turingen. You think it takes a week to drive from Italy to Germany? That's like well, a, it does. It's like a day and a half tops. It does when you're stopping at breweries, dear. Well, especially because you can't drive. That's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> I tell you, the, the last time I went to Scotland, I was with someone who couldn't drive, and, and there is nothing worse than doing a, a distillery tour when there is no one else in the vehicle who can drive. Nothing was worse. Nothing worse. Did the other person enjoy enjoy whiskey? No. <laughs> nothing worse. Nothing. Nothing worse. Why didn't you just stay in the just why didn't you just stay overnight in the distillery place? Oh uh, yeah, no, that's that's like yeah, I think we made it to the second, maybe the third distillery and I was like, fuck it, I don't care if I'm sleeping in the car. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying here. So mm. <clears throat> that then arguments ensued, and um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> chapter chapter one hundred and twenty eight in Dan's terrible love life. <laughs> I wish it was one hundred and twenty eight. That was chapter two. 
Like, what? You mean everything had been fine up to then? No, no, nothing had happened before then. <laughs> oh, she, ladies and gentlemen, Dan is a very sweet son of two ministers. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh god. All right. That's what it should be. That should be your that should be your um that should be your okay cupid profile. Son of Toon Ministers needs corrupting. I would die a thousand deaths before I had an okay cupid profile. <sighs> Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Anyway, so Tullingen. Um yeah, Turingen starts this week, so Emma in the lead. They've got sprint immediate points, which is why Emma is... Dan was saying, I don't quite understand why her GC time is less than her stage time, but that's because of the sprint immediate points. Yes, yes. Apparently uh, apparently, the, the laws of time are not universal, which actually works in my favour. So next time I'm late for something, I'm going to tell Sarah that I'm right on time when you include the intermediate points. <laughs> you won. Yeah, but you'd have to give me evidence that you'd won them. Well, well, no one crossed the line before me, so... So, um, what else What else do you want to talk about this week? Uh, well, look, there's there's been a fair bit of stuff going on uh, outside of the, the actual immediate racing world of women's cycling. Uh, probably the next big thing that I'm sort of interested in, this continues on from things that we've talked about in the past, including Catherine Bettine's... Uh, Half the Road documentary, which uh, achieved its funding targets. Thank you and congratulations to everyone again. Um, and then following on from that, the interview with Emma Pooley that we talked about last week from BBC. Mm -hmm. And um, and that sort of um, coalesced a little bit in the last week or so with uh, Catherine, Emma, Mariana Voss and... Oh, good Lord, I've forgotten the name of the, the fourth woman involved. Um... Oh, I'm going to have to look it up because I'm really bad about that now. Um, but have launched a um, change.org petition to the ASO uh, to ask them to include women at the Tour de France beginning in 2014. Uh, we'll, of course, include a link to the petition so that if you have not yet signed it, uh, you are able to go there and sign it. Um, it's an interesting continuation or progression in this broader conversation around the place of women in uh, professional cycling and a balance for the sport. Chrissy Wellington, that's who. Sorry, Chrissy. Um, but to be fair, you're a triathlon champion, so, you know, whatever. <coughs> uh, kidding, kidding. Jeez. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I've, I've heard... Uh, I guess several different takes on, on this sort of thing because there are some people who um, are, remain, I guess, a little bit unconvinced or, or not yet convinced that, that the Tour de France is the right race for, um, for, for women to be getting um, brought in alongside uh, mm -hmm. the men. Um, and I can, I can understand aspects of that point of view, but... I, I think for me, the, probably the main thing is that I feel like it's an important part in uh, the continuation of raising awareness about the role of, of women's cycling in professional cycling, and also I think in the uh, idea of 
demonstrating the presence, like the, the, the actual obvious and visible presence of fans of women's cycling all over the world. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's quite important in in that sort of way. And bear in mind that this this um, petition's been online for not quite a week or just over a week, somewhere around there, and already has uh, just shy of twenty five thousand signatures to it. So, you know, it, it's it's certainly doing its bit in terms of drawing attention to uh, you know the sport and uh, and voices who want to see. Uh, institutional change in the sport and I also yeah. think it's interesting in that you know the ASO uh, one of the more influential organisations in cycling but aren't regularly um, addressed directly or held up you know we often talk about issues with teams or with the UCI and sport structure um, and sometimes we talk about race organisers who are organising races for women um, mm-hmm. but, but the ASO you know, are an organisation who have, to this point, largely been able to get away with not being very visible. And well, I don't know though. I mean, because they have they have Qatar, the tour of Qatar, the ladies Qatar, the ladies Qatar, tour of Qatar, and they have Dan's favourite race, the Flesh Ballon. Yeah, which exactly like it demonstrates to me like the complete, like how the fuck do we get such amazing coverage of Qatar and then such royally fucked up coverage of of Flesh Ballon. Yeah. from the I same mean, race yes. organiser. I mean, clearly yeah. to me that suggests that Qatar, as a principality, as a, as a nation, has more invested in, in promoting their race than the yeah. ASO does. And so, you know, um, yeah, I, I like that this action's directed at the ASO is what I'm yeah. getting at. And I think, I mean, I think you're right because, I mean, I've, I've, read, I've heard, I've seen some really, really ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous... Um, reasons why the women shouldn't be allowed to ride the Tour of France, Tour de France. And one of them is, there aren't enough hotels. Um, okay, maybe, fuck. I mean, honestly, we're talking about uh, professional women who already are occasionally asked to stay in campgrounds. Um, I think, you know, a lack of hotels is... It stretches oh, credulity at, at the least. But it um, actually gets better because yeah. it's hard enough for journalists to find hotels as it is. Oh, well, God forbid we ever make anything difficult for a fucking journalist. Um, all apologies to journalists who are listening. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, like seriously, like those are people who uh, are there for work and will attend one way or the other. I mean, great. It's... That has nothing to do with the ability to organise a race. And there are all sorts of... I mean, you know, know, we've discussed this idea in general before. And, yeah, people can throw up, um, I guess for want of a better term, logistical roadblocks, you know, like ideas of why they think it wouldn't work. Well, until you fucking try, you don't know for a start. So how about we actually just try and find out? And then secondly, there are, for every one of those things, there are a ton of ideas that have already been raised of how you could do it slightly differently. Maybe have the women race the stage the day before the men race the same stage, you know, so that they're always one hotel ahead or or whatever. Like there's there's a million different things that you can do to, to change it. Like, fuck that. Hell, give every women's team a bus equivalent to the size of the men's team and they can probably live on the bus. 
you know i don't know what the fuck the men do in their buses but there is there is no way they're using that space wisely because when you see what women's teams have to get around with like holy shit holy shit so yeah i don't buy it for a second i I, I still i was still liking dim space um dim space's idea which was he because dim space is having a real rant about you know about the fact that they're not having you know, that, that, that with this final stage of the tour this year on the Champs-Élysées being later, mm. it was perfectly set up for loads of, of different, you know, for women to ride. And, you, can, you know, you can have under-23 rides, you can have junior rides. If, you if you're about rides. to say what I think you're about to say, I am going to fucking laugh so hard. I just, I just wanted to flag that before you said it. Okay, mm. and and Dim's, Dim's idea was that actually maybe that you know Dim, Dim was saying well you know what's to actually stop the women just not they should just kind of have their own race anyway I would love to see them take over the road <laughs> just just like have a have start their own race anyway. Fuck oh it. fuck! Actually, that's better than what I thought. I thought you were going to say you know why don't they have like a showcase women's invitational time trial before. <laughs> Before the men get to the Champs Elysees, but no, I do. I actually, I, 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 generally speaking, I'm not a fan of critical mass rides because I think they cause more um, angst and anger on the road than than you know solve problems. But I'd be in favour of a critical mass women's race on the Champs Elysees. <laughs> I mean, this is also this is also part of. I mean, again with the calendar because you know the under twenty three, the European under twenty three championships mm. isn't just clashing with Tourdingen and Limousin. It's also clashing with the bloody Tour de France, and that's and that just seems that just seems massively counterproductive. Please, UCI, whichever one of Cookson or McQuaid get the job. Please, please sort out the calendar. Just sort it out. I mean, or, or you know, actually, let's let, Sarah. Let's not ask for too much. Please, just fucking look at a calendar next time you plan the calendar. Like, yeah. Let's start there. Let's start there. Like, actually, but just, just look. But I also don't understand it because it was the track. It was the European Track Championships this week as well, um, for under twenty threes and juniors. And again, I don't understand why they have it now. The track season starts in is based. Track is a winter, an autumn and winter sport. Oh, sorry, Australians. You know, you, yeah, you, we're we're used to your Northocentric kind of bullshit. It's all right. But you know, track is in. You know, why why have the Europe, you know, the, and a lot of the riders who are racing in the in in the Euro in the in the under twenty threes are, are really, you know, a good a good a good strong solid riders. So there's all it's, it just doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Sort it out. Sort it out. Oh my god! But yes, um, everyone should sign the petition, even if it's just to say, look. You, you know, know, you know, the sad thing is that there's probably actually already like a, a scheduling app for the iPhone that could sort all this out for them. <laughs> it just auto detects when there are clashes, like you know, like when you when you're trying to make a, a calendar appointment in in your Outlook, you know, like fucking Microsoft can sort out scheduling. Why can't the UCI? It's... Well, I I don't understand why you can't even use a basic. You know, it's like you don't even need an app. You just need a basic fucking spreadsheet, don't you? <laughs> How hard is it? How hard is it? Oh my Apparently, god! Apparently, <laughs> it's really, really, really fucking hard. Um, so hard that nobody else can understand what's making it hard. Yeah. So, um, uh, what else this week? Sign <sighs> the petition. What else have you liked? Um, oh, holy shit. Well, the other thing that um, I've liked, we sort of touched on it. Well, no, we did touch on it last week because they, they brought it out. But 
Um, I do just want to plug again, the Cycling Victoria have released um, a, a sort of part report and part uh, how-to guide for, I mean, obviously they wrote it for, for clubs in their, their jurisdictional area, which is the state of Victoria in Australia, but, um, you know, I think would be pretty universally applicable um, on participation rates of women in cycling at their club level and junior uh women is it okay can you call it junior women and girls right that's okay you're allowed to say that am i, am I allowed junior, to say that I, I i have no idea no neither do i i don't know the the politically correct terminology for like i don't know what the age cutoff is okay anyway say, say about boys what would you say about guys um i'd call under 18 boys and i'd call over 18 boys and guys okay. and blokes and fellas and I'd probably say fuck, just cause. Um, yeah, I'm not necessarily the best language guide. You may have picked up on that. I don't know. Shit, we fell down a grammar hole. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so Cycling Victoria have released this thing on on how to um, attract and retain participation from uh, women and junior women and girls uh, at, in local clubs and. Um, and through the initiatives that, that led to this, this sort of how-to guide being created, they've seen an uptake of just over 17% uh, in the last 12 months, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So I, I'm a fan of that. I like that. Excellent. Um, I liked the fact that we could actually see Cycling Victoria's uh, Monique Hanley. She's on the board of Cycling Victoria. We've mentioned her before. But she was on Le Tour Prologue this week, an Australian um, cycling show on Fox TV. Yeah, on Foxtel, which is our, our version of um, cable TV. Uh, is here. that related to Fox as in it, Murdoch Fox? Yes, it's it's part owned by him and part owned by one of our other media moguls and part owned by an investment company and part owned by our largest uh, telecommunications company. And That's more information than we need us to know, dear. All right. Well, you know, I was just going to wrap it up neatly in a bow and say they're all bastards. So, yay. But they are, but, apart, but, but amongst their bastardry... They are having this daily show called La Tour Prologue, which features Bridie O'Donnell. Yes, uh, famous, famous Dr. Bridie O'Donnell from Twitter and women's cyclingness. Um, yes. And, you know, a bunch of lesser men. Uh, ostensibly, the show, obviously, the name uh, La Tour Prologue, you know, exists to talk about the tour. And I'm pretty sure they do do that as well. But. Mostly, obviously, it's to talk about women in cycling, uh, which is cool. And so they they've had like an amazing array of guests. And I, I, you know, joking aside, genuinely do want to give them credit because I think it's awesome that they're, um, you know, talking about cycling in a bigger um, context and with really interesting people. They had Judith Anton as a guest recently, as you said just they now, did. Monique Hanley. Uh, they also had yeah. Caroline Buchanan on a few days ago. Superstar. Um, super yeah, Australian BMX rider who um, medalled at the Olympics last year. Yep. And they have Peter Mullins, who's a mountain biker. Yep, yep. And and, uh, and and they're doing all sorts of really cool things too. Like they had um, they had some sort of uh, you know riding the rollers competition going on. I think it was just yesterday, which was it looked kind of yeah. ridiculous. And Tracy Gordry is going to be on. Is it today or was she on yesterday? That's exciting. Yeah. Now, all of the best thing about this is while you can't see it outside, if you don't have Foxtel, 
you can't see the whole programs. But they do upload these fantastic little videos, like little 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 segments. So you can see these interviews, and you can also see Dr. Bridie's race dissection. I did like it when she was wearing her um, French out her traditional French outfit of stripy jersey, beret, and onions. <laughs> I believe that was the Bastille Day outfit. They do seem to occasionally have theme outfit kind of things going on. Um, and and other aspects of hilarity. Uh, if you're not already, do make sure to follow Bridie on Twitter because you also get the inside scoop on things like apparently uh, Dr. Bridie is, uh, considers herself a bit of a dab hand in the kitchen and particularly at baking and she's accidentally kicked off a baking war with the wife of one of the other presenters. So they're, they're daily bringing in treats and there are photos and, and your so stuff. Does this, yeah. mean, does this mean their crew's getting fatter and fatter? Exactly. So I think that's why they have to keep two of them riding the rollers the whole the whole time. <laughs> they're actually they're actually powering the studio off crew members trying to burn off the baked goods. So. <laughs> yeah, and I like. I mean, it's really it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it shows how you can make. And and I mean, I guess because I mean, especially when you compare it to the hour long before the video starts of the Tour de France on Eurosport or something like that, which is just tedious and then they've, they've kind of got down to showing these really boring films where the you know and all Carlton Kirby can talk about is the wine he had last night and the wine that they had the night on the rest day and the wine they had there and la 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 and the amazing food and you're thinking god damn it using one of the things that's the most amazing about the Tour de France is we all know that it's like there's there's people who it's the only cycling race of the year they'll watch mm. so if you're tuning in to watch it and you get, you know, and you get, you get um, all these different voices. Like, so, so Monique Hanley talking about be, being able to ride with type 1 diabetes. Yeah, well, and that, also telling... There's going to be people out there who've thought that cycling's not for them because of their, you know, because mm. of their diabetes. Mm. Or, or, you know, you've got, like, all sorts of different Australian stars of cycling. Yeah, so, in, in oh, different right. disciplines okay. and different, you know, different things. It's exactly, you, you're so right. Like, it's... It's that diversity of voices and diversity of, of um, you know, styles of cycling and, and experiences that, you know, really help, I think, to create a broader context in the minds of, of the, the larger community. And, um, yeah, and, and it just makes for a more interesting um, approach to the whole thing too. And, and I do like that, you know, they're actually having someone sit down and, and go through race tactics and, and dissect what's yeah. happened on the, on the day and, and those yeah. sorts of things as well, you know, cause as you say, like there's, I mean, the, the Tour de France is basically the gateway drug for, for fans of road cycling. You know, mm. it's, it's the one that most people come into the sport through and then they branch out when they realize that the world's a little bit bigger than that. Um, you know, and for a lot of people, it's the recreational cycling drug. You know, they, they drop in throughout the, the course of three weeks once a year and um, and have a great old time. And so it, it is important to, to sort of meet those those casual fans on, on that level. But at the same time, you can do that without distancing and without, you know, failing to offer meaningful analysis and insight to, to people who are more interested in, in yeah. the sport in, in a more passionate way. Yeah, and they've got, and I like, I like the fact that they're just looking, looking down the list of their videos. They have regular injury reports, for example, and they also have um, 
you know, they've got reg- regular injury reports, which, you know, is something that I'm quite interested in. And they've got the Twitter updates where they talk about what riders are saying on Twitter, which is just, you know, which is those are the sorts of things that if you've missed a day, it's really good to catch up with. And I'd much, much, much rather know about that kind of stuff than I would about another vineyard. Or, and, it, and it just seems to be engaged. It seems to be looking at what is it that people like? Oh well, let's 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 engage them on that level. And yeah, I like that. I'd also I'd also like an irregular injuries list. You know, which is just a list of all the weirdest injuries that have been sustained. You know, you know what I really want. Someone asked this. Goblin F asked this on Podium Cafe yesterday, and she wanted a list of all the wacky prizes people get in different stages. Because you know, like when you stop at a, a specific town, they'll give you like a giant brie. Or, you know, the Toledo stage of the Vuelta where David Miller got a sword. Or, you know, the one where Fabian Cancellara allegedly got a cow and things like that. <laughs> I, 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 I want a list of all the presents they get because that sort of thing fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, it, would be, it would be awesome to have, um, a, I don't know, a charity auction at the end, I think, would be very cool too. Oh, what, to, to auction off the Yeah, yeah, where, where if you don't want your weird prize... I mean, look, let's be honest, everyone's keeping their Toledo Steel sword, because Toledo Steel, awesome. But, you know, a cow... As much as I would love to have a cow, um, my building has a strict no pets policy, and I'm pretty sure it's a breach of council bylaws for me to start a farm. So, you know, I could... What, I, but Dan, I've heard you live in a pigsty. Oh god. All right, just just quick pause. How long ago did you write that down? And and how long have you been waiting for an opportunity just to say that? Cuz, you know, wow. Oh, that was, wow. That was you you just sound head. entirely too pleased with yourself. Entirely. Especially for a joke that honestly wasn't that great. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. But yeah, oh charity auction. So yeah, um Wow, what else do we need to say? Um, I, I guess uh, join us again next week as we talk more women's racing via, um, you know, Dan's love life. We'll give you an update, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. I join us next week. We'll have Turingen, we'll have the Euros, we'll have Limousin, we'll have the Cascade Classic in America. Mm. All of that. Yes. Oh my God, how are we going to cope? Well, you know, I'm, I intend to drink, but, you know, you do whatever feels yeah. right for you. Yeah. And as always, if anyone has the solution to Dan, Dan's love life, then um, leave Keep us a comment. Keep it to your fucking from... selves. <laughs> leave us a comment on prowomenscycling.com. Oh, and if you're trying to follow Dan on Twitter, he's changed his name. <laughs> Fuck this now, again. Dan. W official um, Dan official. Um, so if you if you want to um, send him love life advice and tips that way, that's how you do it. If you try and email his tweet his old um, account, it'll just go into the ether. <laughs> I look forward to being antagonised by you all. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you snorted. <laughs> Who's the pig now? <laughs> <laughs>